It's an era of change, of ideals and cultures constantly colliding. We need brave people who will find the way of hope in the chaos, who will elevate truth in their speech and activate reform in their lives. Lee Sloan welcomes you to this Brave Nation. Hello, Brave Nation. I hope you're doing well. And today I'm going to introduce to you a friend of mine by the name of B.T. Higgins. He's a children's author, and he recently published his first nonfiction book geared toward parents called Father and the Wolves. Now, while we're on the topic of parenting, I thought I'd let you in on a little project that I've been working on lately. Upcoming in this new school year, we're going to start a little school. It's actually a group of private educational vendors who are coming together to offer classes here in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's called The Green Room. And we're really excited to begin. We're going to begin on September 6th in person. So if you want more information about that, you can reach out to me on Facebook. But what I really want to share with you is that I'm doing a unique online class, and it's actually a class that I'm offering in the green room as well. But there's only one faith-based class that we're doing there, and it's going to be offered, as I said, as an online self-paced option. It's called On Purpose Plus. Now, for years, I've been teaching adults how to identify their God-given passions and purpose and coaching them on how to activate those things in their lives. And with this class, I'm actually gearing those lessons down to teens and preteens. And this is so important because these kids are right at that identity stage of development where they need to know, who am I? How am I different? How do I fit into God's purpose here on the earth? And so I'm going to be delving into not only that, but also the social and emotional realm where they're going to learn some really healthy Bible-based skills for life, for relationships, for leadership. They're going to help them, give them a really good framework for how they're going to live out their adult life as an emotionally healthy adults. So it's a really, really important class. And I'm going to, I'm going to be filming my teachings so that they can watch them online and then they're going to go into a private portal where they can access them at any time and do them at their own pace so if you have kids in this age range you can actually go through the class with them um, and it can really generate some great conversations i found out that um, in my school it can even count for one semester of an english credit so that's definitely a win this is really an alternative to what we're seeing in the public schools with social emotional learning because they're not teaching it from a biblical framework. And this is going to be taught from the Christian framework. And so um, that's really the distinction here. I wanted to offer an alternative to that. So for this class, you can go visit leaseloan.com and you can sign up right away. And we'll get started for sure on September 6th. Now, as always, just want to remind you, you can access our full conversations by joining Brave Nation Circle, also at leesloan.com. But without further ado, here's my conversation, part of my conversation with B.T. Higgins. Fatherhood is just such a lost art, and um, I, yes. I think it's it needs to make a comeback. I know that, that we have the feminist movement kind of pushing against it, you know, devaluing it a lot of times that shouldn't, it shouldn't be necessary to, in order to elevate women, it shouldn't be necessary to push men down. <laughs> I mean, I mean right. should be right. Able to it be. shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> we should be able yeah, to but lift that's, each other up. <laughs> exactly. 
But I think in terms of like the statistics and the the on the nation the nationwide level, the lack of fathers, uh, either just they're pre- being present at all or just being good fathers, because there's so many variations of ways that men can mess up fatherhood. Uh, but the lack of fathers statistically hurts the kids so much more. And there's there's study after study, which, of course, I can't bring to mind at this instant. But I've, I've read through talking about how the numbers for all of the sort of societal problems are so much higher. And the only the only major difference is dad's not there for that one. True. Yeah. And and so we, we do need a, a comeback. If there's anything, uh, any one thing that can solve most of our ills, it would be for for fathers as a as a generational uh, nationwide to get a, a new vision for the value of fatherhood and just elevate it in their own minds first, right. and then just spend their lives learning how to get better at, better at it while they're interacting with their kids and just being there. Although those absentee fathers or uh, there but not really engaged fathers, uh, there's so much. There's so much effect that they can have on the culture when you stack one healthy family next to one healthy family next to one healthy family. You can you can change the entire nation, but it's from the inside out. It's not from like policies coming down to fix things. It's not, uh, you know, someone making everyone obey their whims. It's just we're making we're, we're making the heartwood of the family stronger, so the tree is stronger, and then the forest is stronger. And yeah. it, it, the effects would be amazing if we could actually get a get a, right. a sense of how important it is. Yeah, and it seems like you know if you're going to talk about laws and things like that, it does seem like women are usually favored at, or moms are favored in the whole court process if you're going oh, yeah. to divorce and things like that, and. <laughs> I can imagine how a lot of men feel helpless. You know, I was thinking about the whole why why there's an absentee absentee dads. It's like just putting myself in that situation. If I were a dad, I don't I don't know that I would always feel control of that of that decision. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess your mom doesn't want me here, so I'm not going to be here. You know, or or whatever. Um, Yeah. And then again, if they've had absentee dads, it's just easy. It's easier. (laughs) <laughs> they don't know any any different. For a lot of people, it's so generational that they're like, well, of course, this is what happens. After a little while, dad leaves and I don't see him again, except maybe at Christmas or maybe 10 years from now. I don't I mean, I don't know how often it is on average, yeah. but it's the normal. And they think that that is the normal. But what happens and there's an interesting sort of corollary study that I, I talk about in the, uh, in the book, not a study, but a, a story which relates real well. Uh, there was a uh, a nature preserve that had a whole bunch of elephants and there was a whole bunch of young elephants. But as the, as the young bulls came into maturity, the, I forget what the, the chemical was, but our, our, ours would be testosterone, but the, 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 the as the, it rose in them, they would get these violent tendencies and they had no, nothing to, no ability to control as those hormones went up and they would get super violent and they killed a ton of like, I think it was rhinos or something like that. And it kept going and they got more and more violent and it got really bad until they brought in a whole bunch of bull elephants that were already full mature. Mm -hmm. And as soon as one of those youths uh, just saw or interacted with one of the mature bulls, their body immediately realized, wait, I can't compete with that. And so Mm -hmm. then all the hormone levels dropped down to a, a manageable level and the violence went away. 
that, right. that's only just simply a metaphor for just being present causes a certain change in, you know, kids growing up, in this case would be males, where they, they already have some standard to measure themselves in, okay, I can't, I can't get away with everything. So I have to be somewhat controlled. And even, even if the dad isn't uh, super involved, just having him present increases their, their chance of avoiding, you know, criminal, criminal activity and, you know, violence and et cetera, et cetera. Is what it looks like to be a man, right? Yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. Even if it's, even if it's an imperfect view of what uh, yeah. manhood or fatherhood is, mm-hmm. it still has positive effects. Yeah. I even read that, um, that even if you know about your, your parent, let's say they died, um, or something like that, it, even if you know about who they were, it's almost mm-hmm. as if you had the parent with you, which yes. I think is really interesting. No, that's interesting. Huh? Yeah. So if you, if you have like a question mark in your mind as to who your what kind of person your dad was, or, or maybe that they weren't a very good person that says something about your identity and what you carry through life, you know? Right. But if you know that they died honorably or whatever, it, you, you tend to just hold that in your heart. And, and maybe maybe um, Father God comes in there and, and just restores that peace. Um, yeah. And we all have these father issues, I mean, that we have to deal with. We ha- you know, that's why Father's Day isn't quite as celebrated as Mother's Day. <laughs> There's a lot of pain there. Yes, that's right? true. Oh, I, always, I always think it's funny uh, at church when, when it's Mother's Day. Uh, at church, everyone, all the mothers get a, a flower. When when it's Father's Day, all of the guys get a sermon of the fourteen things they can do better. Like it's a guy yeah. that a kick in the rear. I'm like, wait a minute, where where's my attaboy? Yeah. This is more of a get get on it and take care of business. You know, right. I guess we're different, but yeah, you know, still. And, and here's a beef stick, maybe. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe if we're lucky, I'll, you know, lucky. that sounds actually I, pretty good. Honestly, I kind of rather have a beef stick sometimes. <laughs> anyway, but no, I think I mean even things like you know school shootings. I don't think there's any part of society that this doesn't affect. I yeah. heard about, I heard about these men going in and um, into the schools. Remember, did you hear about that? The, the fathers, they, they all went into the schools in the morning and they just oh, no. stood around and they just hung out and, and it caused the violence and all the, you know, problems yeah. just go way, way down. Oh, wow. No, I hadn't heard about that. There. They were just yeah. being there in their community. They're like, we're just going to be the dads. The, mm-hmm. we, we don't care if they're our kid or not. We're just going to be the dads. <laughs> oh, wow. That's huge. That's Wouldn't really that huge. Be amazing if, if we could do that. Yeah. 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 We need to, we, our culture needs a lot of surrogate dads who can, who can be, uh, if not a replacement dad, but just a, I'm there for you too, you yeah. know, friend of my, my son, you know, that kind of thing. A lot of, a lot of that could have, you know, uh, a huge, huge effect of uh, erasing the complete lack of dad in the other boy's life. And there's, there's a certain sense of maybe um, just feeling ill-equipped, you know, especially with the emotional side of things. Cause they're not, you know, men are taught that the only emotion that is really acceptable in a negative way is anger, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can't really be that vulnerable. And so I think that might stop men from, moving toward relationship with kit with their kids is because, well, what if I mess it up and I, d- I don't know how to be emotionally vulnerable. So just let the mom do that, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's not really, there's not really manuals to say how to do that. Uh, you got to kind of figure it out because you're a little different than, you know, every other guy around. And so it's, it is a vulnerable thing trying to figure out how do I be, how do I, 
I don't know, be close to this one. And this one's different than this one. And how do I relate to that one? Because they're all crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, it, it, is, it is a big vulnerable mess. Yeah. And we're not always super good at vulnerable messes. <laughs> what would you say to a, a dad that just didn't feel like he had much worth in his home? Uh, you mean it's, when it's he was growing up or at... Just as, the lack of knowing how to be the right kind of dad, vulnerable, all those things. Okay. So, so the, the combination of every kid's heart is like a lock. It's different. And it, you, you don't need to be just like, you know, good dad that you might know in the neighborhood mm -hmm. to get into your kid's heart. You fundamentally have the key for his heart, but maybe it needs a little, you know, you know, those key makers at the, at the hardware store. Yeah. You need, you got the, you have the right key. You just need a, a little bit of adjustments. And that's okay, just, yeah. that, that's just trial and that's just trial and error. That's looking to the examples, uh, mimicking, how does God relate to people? Uh, well, there's tons of good fatherhood books. What all of that self learning stuff is awkward for a guy because, you know, it's what's well, reading. We don't read. I don't. I don't, I don't want to read, but there's, you know, podcasts, there's things where as soon as you decide that it's important, as soon as you decide, okay, I've got the, the key that's perfectly equipped for their heart. I just kind of have to figure out how to make it work. And it's important. And it's the most important thing I'll do in my life. Okay. I'm going to go about the work of figuring out how to get my key to be just right. And uh, there's then if they get over the fact that they need to be perfect, uh, and just start, well, today, what can I do? What yeah. little incremental step can I take toward them mm -hmm. as opposed from hiding away from them? That's all that they need. Kids just need, they just need to be advancing toward them, you know, learning them like you could be a student of your kids and learn them. Right. I know when um, my husband was like, you know, at first it was kind of awkward for him to be affectionate. Mm -hmm. That just wasn't something he was taught very much. And, um, yeah. and then he just did it and he's like, now it's comfortable. Like I just pushed through and I just did it anyway. Cause I knew yeah, he, he broke through. Yeah. And so it's cool how, how, you know, our parents give us things and then we level up, you know, we, we get right. a little bit more, hopefully we level up. Yeah. No, and I like that way of saying it. We level up from wherever <laughs> yeah. we start, we level up and level up and uh, guys should be able to understand video game metaphors. You <laughs> right. know, we, we just leveling up our skills a little bit at a time. Right. And, and I mean, there's this guy on YouTube. I think he decided, I forget what his name is, but he decided to be the dad that teaches people how to do things that their dads never taught them how to do. Did mm. you hear about this? And he, and no, he, I didn't exploded overnight practically because people were like, yeah, I want a dad to teach me a change of tire. I need a dad yeah. to teach me how to balance a tire. Whatever they missed in life, yeah, just decided to do videos on it. And they were just rudimentary, but they connected with him on YouTube as a dad. <laughs> what what an amazing way to take, because we can all uh, do that individually one-on-one -on -one, and our influence is only to that one. And that's valuable enough. But mm -hmm. to to see the vision that doing that in a, in a reproducible way, it means you can, you can, you can just keep stamping that influence out, you know, uh, yeah. in the theoretical infinite. And so that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, in a way it's like communicating to everyone needs somebody who thinks they're significant, you know, and, mm -hmm. and every kid has, has a biological dad. And so that's a really important person to think they're significant, you know? Yeah. 
it, the, yeah. it, it doesn't like other, a lot of other people can think they're, you know, they're great, but if their dad doesn't, it just means something different, you know? Yeah. There, there's, identity. there's, there's some important thing in a kid. When I feel this exact same thing with my dad, when he says he, like when I wrote this book, and uh, uh, as I was writing Father and the Wolves, I told him I was writing it. And normally he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't read my books. And I could, I, I, I said, oh, I'll put it, make it into an audio book, dad. And you could just listen. And he's like, oh, you know, and he, he, he did, but this one, this one he read. And uh, I'll tell you, even though I'm old and got gray in my beard, when my father said, I'm so proud of you. I still acted like a little kid with my heart swelling up three sizes, you know? So yes. even for us old guys, uh, it's important. Yes, for sure. There's, and I think that they've, you know, done studies or whatever to, to link it to your identity. People who don't have an identity or maybe feel like it's missing or kind of chasing, like, who am I? Yeah. A lot of times it's because there's an, either a wound there or there's um, the, just absence. And yeah. they're still searching for who they are. It's yeah. really, really powerful. And there are different things that, that, you know, women bring and we, we can try our best to build into that. But like, yeah, when, when dad says something about you, like, I see that in you, that that's significant. And, um, but even if, you know, I think we can do this on a spiritual sense for people who need that, whether, even if they're not kids anymore, you know, right? we can yeah, father true. and mother each other in yeah. a sense. Because, um, because we operate by the spirit of God and, you know, we, yeah. we can get that fathering through the body, I think in different ways. Yeah. Cause we're all still carrying around some of those, those wounds from, from the past, even if we've sort of got past them in some sense, they're still there. And, uh, and so as we reach out and do that kind of fathering and mothering to, uh, I guess our friends, but it, you know, just people around us, that's still super valuable even then, you know, because yeah, we all I mean, we still have that absence we need filled, you know. Right. I mean, I have to I have to brag on you a little bit because you helped father my son, you know, even in <laughs> co-op, you know, when he was struggling with what to write and and you're a writer. And I'm like, okay, I like I could sort of try to help, but I felt like you were there, the right person at the right time that understood <laughs> his gift of writing and you were able to just step in there. And I was so thankful that another dad was there in the moment where my husband couldn't be there. And, you know, and it's just so cool how God can use uh, the body. (laughs) Yeah. Well, writers have to stick together, you know, we kind of understand each other on a fundamental level. So even, even though I'm older and he's younger, we kind of, you know, just from, from square one, we understand we're both trying to do this thing with the words. That's really fun and really creative. And it's all in my head and I don't know how to get down. We just understand each other. So that was fun. That's very cool. Well, yeah. So, so your book, um, you, tell us about your other books a little bit. Okay. So most of what I do for, for my, for fun, uh, is I write middle grade fiction, uh, kind of, uh, novels, fantasy novels, you know, w- you know, sometimes it's superpower, sometimes it's aliens. Sometimes it's like, I, I have a, a, a series uh, that I'm working on now that has three uh, in it so far, but it's going to have a ton, uh, called minting nothing more. And it's, it takes place on an alternate earth that doesn't have continents. It just has islands. And so every island is its own little place. And then, uh, you know, there, of course there's magic in, in stuff. Cause I, I always think of, you know, the, the, the crazy stuff. And so I got, you know, I don't know, nine or so of those at this, at this moment. Um, but, uh, and so that's my, I was a teacher, uh, in the, in the third, third, fourth, fifth grade. Uh, and so I write for that, 
age range because I kind of understand them and my brain for some reason is kind of stuck in that kind of <laughs> mode even though I, I might try to write an adult uh, adult novel or something it always comes out as a kid novel so I don't fight it anymore I just yeah, I just yeah. write kids kids novels but uh but there's a whole whole bunch of those uh under BT Higgins available everywhere and uh yeah. And then, and then this one. This is my first attempt at at nonfiction, where I have kind of taken my own my own journey and the importance of the thing that I'm trying to do, and figure out why why is this fatherhood thing important? Why am I buying in? Uh, and what do I need to keep working on to try and get these four kids of mine to the to the launch pad mm-hmm. in some some shape where they're ready to launch. Yeah. And uh, the book goes through, you know, lots of different aspects, but basically it's learning, learning how to love them in the way that they need to be loved, which is, you know, a complicated thing, but a simple idea, mm-hmm. uh, learning to uh, protect them from, in this case, I, I use the word wolves, but it's, it's the influencers. There's mm-hmm. so many influencers all around who, who want to co-opt your kid's mind. And no matter how much you you teach them one thing, they're, they're, they're trying to teach them something that's competing with your narrative. And they've got a lot of opportunity to send their messages in. So you have to learn how to protect them against those things. And then the third major thing of fatherhood is just learning how to prepare them. And so I've got a huge yeah. sections of the book of all the different sort of main categories of things that they're going to need to be successful to thrive in a world full of wolves. And so I want to get them prepared for that. And so it's just love, it's protect, it's prepare, and it's how and why we do that. Yeah. And you have a podcast too, right? Yes. Uh, Father and the Wolves, the podcast. Um, it's, it's basically the audiobook version, like serialized version of, of Father and the Wolves. Um, they're all like, you know, five to maybe as much as 10 minutes long. And, but I've added in uh, three or four questions at the end of each section. So it's it's designed to be something that a father and son could kind of do together and then have discussion with, or like a men's group or church group, or, you know, any, any group of guys that, that would, would then discuss it. Um, I suppose it could also be just the guy on, on his commute. Uh, and then he would just think through them him, himself. Uh, yeah. But it's designed to kind of get you actively engaging in the process of elevating fatherhood in your own life. Very cool. That's the thing that churches can do that. And you, you can also come and speak right at places. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I, that's what I'm wanting to build this into. In fact, at my own church change point in, in Anchorage this uh, fall, we're going to have, we're not calling it a conference because conference sounds like conference. Uh, it, but we're called, but it's basically kind of like a one day uh, kind of uh, workshop. I don't know if you're, it's kind of like a, Oh, I forget what words we were using, but it's a cool version of a conference. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> kind of, kind of a retreat, kind of. a retreat experience where father and son can kind of work through some of uh, a little small portion of this material over a course of a couple of hours and get a, a vision for the value of elevating fatherhood and the the idea that it's not just fatherhood isn't what it sounds like when we, we when we when we think fatherhood we think the wheels on the bus go round and round you know what i mean we think you know diaper changes and, and nursery rhymes and that's might be what it sounds like on the outside but really fatherhood is this epic hero's journey with i don't know choose your favorite epic movie music we need to start th- seeing it as yeah. the epic thing that it is and this hero's this uh, yeah. retreat yeah 
like a hero's journey. The father's journey is like the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And if we can, if we can just uh, in this in this retreat experience uh, at Change Point, if we can give people a sense of that, then uh, then we'll have met our goal. That's yeah. that's the idea of this conference. As, as October twenty second is when it is twenty twenty two. Okay. If you've, I'm sure as an education major, you probably learned all about the stages of development, right? Oh yes, yes. And so you're. You know, I would think as a man and and anybody really enters that stage of life where they're like, where's my legacy? What am Mm -hmm. I going to leave? You know, this is part of the journey of being a man. It's not just about things. It's about what am I leaving this world? Precisely. Precisely. Well, there's there's two aspects of that. What am I leaving this world? Which is your kids are the greatest, most valuable legacy that your successes will will carry on, not just to your kids, but to the generations like a a, a ripple in a pond far beyond what you even realize and your failures will do the same. And so how we deal with fatherhood has massive effects way beyond the moment, but it really, it's more than just our effect on this earth. Uh, investing in your family and your kids is an eternal mm-hmm. investment. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, storing up treasure in heaven. Well, we can't bring any of our wealth and our time and, uh, and things of importance and our big boy toys with us. <laughs> they don't They don't go past the gap of death. Yeah. But every investment that I do in my kids is like investing it into a, an investment account on the other side of the, the gap of death, which means it has value forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a good, good cap on this. We have awesome. T. Higgins with us with Father and the Wolves is his, his newest book. And you can also check out his other uh, books for your kids because he's got a, a ton of them, apparently. And, um, and are they Christian Fiction or some of them, some of them are, I've got, uh, uh, like three or four that are, uh, Christian, uh, either like allegory or just kind of like the characters are Christian. And then I've got four or five that, that are, you know, not Christian overtly, but they come from my mind. So they're sort sort of still well, congruent. Yeah. <laughs> they're congruent with uh, Christianity, but they're not overtly yeah. Christian. Yeah. That's awesome. But you know, they're safe for your kids if correct. that's yeah. your worldview. So yeah, I appreciate you guys listening. And I hope it inspires some of you to either, you know, lean into your fatherhood or to share this with someone who is a father and maybe, um, you know, mothers, we always like to read stuff for, for <laughs> you know, get stuff to, to regurgitate toward our husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't so, that true? <laughs> that's just what we do. <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, thanks for coming on and um, Absolutely. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Thanks. That sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right.